And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to FSU Coach Live. My name is Tim Baghurst, and today's special guest is Sudzi Munchik. He is a, a racquetball professional athlete and coach. Sudzi, you've you've had many titles over your career. If you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of an introduction of, of how you got involved in racquetball and how it's taken you through to where you are today. Well, thanks for having me, Tim. That's a pretty awesome intro, by the way. That was with some cool <laughs> graphics. I got to ask you about that. I, I want to do one with a racquetball. That was awesome. So thanks for having me today. And, uh, you know, yeah, I played professional racquetball. I've been playing since I'm about six, seven years old. And for a solid seven or eight before some injuries. And uh, here I am today, still going. You know, I'm competing sometimes, uh, competing to be on Team USA and also playing professionally and coaching. How did you go from from being a professional athlete to becoming a coach? What's what's the transition for you, and what were some of the the challenges of doing that? Because the assumption is, if you're a great athlete, you're going to be a great coach. I I certainly can tell you that's not the case. You know, there there are many many athletes that are well decorated, have a lot of titles, have a lot of championships. It doesn't mean they're a great coach. It doesn't just translate into that. And, you know, when I was playing and competing professionally, I retired at the first time when I was 29 years old. Just some injuries and some different things. I wanted to actually coach my son in baseball. So it took a lot of time away from me being able to focus on me and training. And, you know, then I walked away for about 10 years from playing racquetball and being part of it until uh, Ecuador actually reached out to me via my wife and said, Hey, we want you to come and, and be our national team coach. And at the time it was, it wasn't something I was truly looking for, you know, just it's to do for sure. No doubt about it. You go from, from being a player to walking in at a, an international level. Um, what was that experience like? A challenge, you know, I, I didn't realize that I was going to be that competitiveness as an individual athlete was going to, you know, really come out as a coach where now I'm coaching between the juniors and the adult team in Ecuador. We had about 20, about 20 to 25 athletes and, you know, racquetball is an individual sport. And here I am with what I thought was an individual mindset. Now looking at this, this big group of a couple dozen athletes that are looking for me, looking at me for answers. And the hardest thing to do, I could tell you for sure, when, you know, you've, you've had accomplishments as an athlete in that sport, is to not be out there and be able to execute you know, shots and serves. And, you know, I always used to say, I still say it. I'm like, hey, I can't hit the shot for you. So I don't want you to tell me great job, coach, at the end of it. You did all the work. Actually, when you don't do well, I feel like it's on me. Hmm. All right. So you're an athlete. You've, you've been very successful as a professional. And now you go into coaching where you may be working with people who cannot, who cannot perform at the level you performed at, who cannot do what you've been able to do, yet at the same time, they're capable of more than what they're exhibiting. How do you, how do you balance that, that kind of desire to just be successful, to be a champion, to, to win with the athletes who, you know what, I'm okay being a team member. I don't really want to work every day to be the world champion because I don't think I can be. You've still got to coach them. How, how do you, how do you deal with that? Because it's, it's something that I ask myself too. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, you and I, we get a chance to speak offline a lot and it, it's fun because we see a lot of things 
the same way. And maybe we just come at them, you know, from different angles. And, and, and that's a great point, Tim. You know, that's something that took me time to understand. We're not all wired the same. You know, in fact, we're all wired completely differently. And for me waking up, I couldn't imagine not wanting to be the best. You know, I walk outside and if my neighbor and I want to walk a little faster and I want to compete, it's just, it was innate in me and I was born to, to compete. And if I could do that, you know, it's, it's much harder to coach than it is to compete. I'll tell you that for sure, because you are, you're looking at your athletes or the people that you're helping and you want to give them and you want them to do their very best. And sometimes the struggle is, is within myself because I, I want to teach you and educate and communicate to that athlete what it might take. But some, I can't relate when, like what you just said, you know, maybe they're just content. Hey, sometimes there's people that are content with being the second best in the world in something, whether it's sports, whether it's teaching, whatever that may be. And, uh, you know, it took me time to understand that. And ultimately what, what I decided to do was, okay, I take an athlete or I take an individual, whatever it may be, and I'm I can to help them maximize their abilities and potential. And I always ask, you know, what are your goals? What are your short-term? What are your long-term goals? And, and as I know, you know, you know, the first rule is goals have to be realistic. You know, they have to be, um, they have to be realistic. If I said, hey, I want to have a doctor tomorrow at FSU. It's just not realistic, right? I got to put a lot of time, a lot of work into it. And of course, you know, you can reach that and attain that. But, you know, identifying exactly that is so important. What does the person really want? And by the way, coaches out there, it's not what they say. They're going to show you what they want. You know, they'll show you in their responses. Do they lose sleep over a loss? Um, are, are, they, are they visualizing? Are they thinking about how they can get better? And, and we see that quickly. You know, we see that quickly. And that was definitely something that was a challenge for me also because, I do want to win. I want to go. And it's okay that they don't want to, but then, Hey, identify what those goals are, help them embrace them, and then do everything in your power as a coach to help them maximize all their abilities and potential to become that, whatever it may be. And then you'll find a lot of times they might exceed that and might get a little bit better, which you touched on. You said, there's many of them, many athletes that they can be better, but they're just content and they're just happy with where they are. So you know what? Take them down that lane, make them the best in that lane. They may develop a little more confidence or desire to say, wow, what else is in there? What else do I have? Yeah, it, it is It is hard, though, as a coach, right, to take them down a lane that you know isn't the lane that they should be on. And, and trying, to, trying to balance those expectations of I know you can be better versus this is who you are and I have to be okay with who you are is is a fine balance, particularly in an environment where you are, where you have clients who are athletes. It's not, oh, look, I'm in charge of a collegiate team and whatever I say you do, it's it's a different power structure where where they are they are paying for a service from you and you have sure. to balance that delicately. Yeah, sure. No doubt about it. And, and the way that I go about that is, you know, I turn away a lot of, you know, clients, like you said, or players. And to me, it's because I, I've really learned that coaching, it's not just about X's and O's. You know, to me, I define it simply as a relationship. I define it as trust, communication, and confidence. 
uh, and I think the only thing that isn't in those, you know, three characteristics of a good coach and, and their players or relationships is passion, you know, and that's in a marriage, you should have all four of those. And, you know, a relation coaching to me is a relationship. And I think that if we have those three trust, communication, and confidence, and it goes both ways, okay, um, you got to keep it real, right? We have to be realistic. And if I'm going to be responsible and accountable for how I help you and helping you to reach whatever those goals are, well, then you better be too. And if we can't get on that same page, that's when it's, hey, no harm, no foul, no offense, but maybe this just isn't the best relationship for both of us. You know, I walk away from money. Maybe I'm a dummy. You know, I walk away from a lot of opportunity, but it's because, you know, that relationship just isn't there. And then if I don't have that, that will confidence be there you know and then especially when you're coaching multiple when you coach a big team right so i was coaching baseball or or when i went to coach racquetball and had multiple athletes you know you say something but everybody here is different so what makes you you or i a good coach whoever is watching that coaches it's making sure that they all hear it in a way that's going to be able for that individual to become the best they can be in whatever message it is that you have for them. And it's okay to identify the fact that, hey, you may never, you know, in, in my case, hit the ball as hard as me or be as quick as him or, or as smart as her. But at the end of the day, we're both in it for the same reason. I want you to succeed probably more than you even want to succeed. And I think that that's something that comes out in my coaching is that passion. It's, you know, we used to deal with parents all the time, right? And you know how many times I would have to tell the parent, you have no idea how bad I want your child to succeed. It's probably just as much or more than you believe it or not. And hey, maybe that's my competitive nature, but it really is, you know, and, and that's what keeps me going and keeps it going. And, and that relationship with your athletes is, is super important. And you and I, again, you know, accountability, responsibility. If they don't have that, then they're going to hit a wall. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is, a, a problem when you as the coach want the success of the athlete more than the athlete wants the success themselves. <laughs> and yeah, that, that for, won't work for, for someone such as yourself. You're coming in as a, a personality of the sport. And sometimes there may be the athlete who, or the client who, who looks and I'm working with Sudzi Munchik. That to them is, is what they're after rather than the, I really, truly want to find out how good I can be. You mentioned, you know, turning athletes away. As, as somebody who, who works in the sport, and we're going to talk about business here in a second, but as somebody who works in the sport, and it's not a big sport, not like some of the big sports in the U.S., it, it, it has to be hard to be willing to do that, knowing that this is your business, this is your income, where do you balance that line between I need, I need a salary, I need an income versus, you know what, this, you don't fit the philosophy that I have. How, how do you, how do you figure that out? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll be the first to admit, Tim, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box, you know, to, to sum that up. <laughs> I'm looking away from, from money sometimes, but, but what I do find is it comes other ways in that case, you know, a, a quick story. I was working with an athlete and this athlete came to me about five years ago from another country. And they came to me, the individual and the father, and they said they want to start. 
And yes, there's no doubt sometimes it's, oh, I'm working with Sudsy, you know, and, and, and that's cool. What they don't know is that that's not cool to me. What's cool to me is I'm going to see you become better than you ever imagined. And when we first started working together, you know, the dad, um, he was very, he was very excited and people again, because I, I'm not, I'm not accepting you and giving you my passion and my energy and, and all the knowledge I have, if I don't believe you truly want it. So a couple of years goes by and, and ultimately, you know, I said to my wife, who's also a world champion athlete, as you know, I said, this is likely not going to be, you know, at the top of the podium ever, you know, we have to be gifted, but then there's also some things that, um, you know, have to happen. And I did question this, this athlete's desire. So it just wasn't well with me. And Tim, at the time, this is arguably my best paying client. And it, I just couldn't deal with it every day. And this isn't about integrity or, or morals. or It was just that trust, faith, and confidence. I didn't have it in my athlete. So now I know I'm working with this person. Maybe I'm not giving them the best of me either because I don't believe that we're on the same path. And again, they don't have to want to be the best player in the world, whatever their goal was. You know, I just didn't feel they were 100% committed. So fast forward, I, I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm just feeling great about this. You know, this is the best paying client. It's been a couple of years. And she said, well, why don't you talk to the dad? And I did. And I said, I, I told them exactly what I'm telling you. I just don't think so-and-so is going to be at the top of the podium one day. And he listened intently. He said, I don't pay you to get him gold medals. He said, I pay you for the impression and impact you've had on his life. And he's a better person today. And I could tell you any coach out there, you know, Tim, I know you work with a lot of people. You're a professor. I mean, the impact that we can make, it doesn't go unnoticed. And you know, there's a lot of times that we're doing a lot more than just what that end result might be. And for me, that's my goal now. So if I get an athlete and we have, you know, we share that, those, those same, um, just you know, trust and confidence and I feel comfortable and I believe that I can and they can help me too. And I take them on. If I can make a positive impact, and this isn't smoke and mirrors and nonsense. This is the truth. This is what drives me because to your point, I don't know how many people I can create to have a resume like our sport. So that's not my goal. My goal is to make you a better person on and off of, in this case, the court of life and, and whatever your sport may be. So, you know, just being honest has helped. And, and the balance is tough because, yeah, you know, we, we need to get paid. And this is my career. It certainly is. I just lost you right at the end there. Um, turning turning that into to the business side, we we have a lot of sports in the U.S., uh, a lot of big sports which which generate a lot of money, and then we have a lot of niche sports that that some people are interested in, some people invest a lot in, some people give a lot to, and. And yet they still remain a small sport. And I, I think we can agree that racquetball in the U.S. is not one of the major sports. Because of that, we see a professional tour that, that isn't in the limelight, that isn't on ESPN, but doesn't have the money pouring into it from, from large sponsors. And therefore, somebody like yourself might be interesting to, 
to other sports, other small sports where a coach says, you know what, I want to make a career of working in this sport, but I don't really know how to do it. I'm, I'm not going to be part of some massive organization where I get a guaranteed salary. I'm going to have to run a small business and, and raise funding. Do you have any advice for, for people trying to get into this kind of realm of niche sports as a, a coach and, and making a living from it? Sure. Uh, you know, number one, it's definitely not easy. Mm. But if you're if you are somebody in whatever sport that may be, uh, you're not probably not someone that that has a problem with things being difficult or, or being challenging. Um, I've learned for sure, you know, in our sport that I have to do what I think is best for the sport, because if the sport does well, I'm fine as an individual. And you can't rely on anybody else to do it. You know, obviously today with social media, the ability to communicate worldwide, uh, you know, that's an advantage that helps. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody say to me in our sport, uh, we, we were talking about this and seeked out my advice and counsel on this exact topic. And, you know, we had a long conversation. And at the end of the conversation, um, he said, well, resume matters. And I said, you're right. My resume does matter. He was, you know, he was talking about my titles and ads and all that. I said, yeah, but, you know, embrace what you're, what are you really good at? Um, you know, and, and this individual, I think, is really good at fitness. I said, tie it in, tie it in to your sport. And you do have titles and accolades and a background experience, you know, in our sport, obviously. So use that as your, you know, niche inside the niche kind of thing, you know, and go, go after it with that approach because you can't fake it, right? You know, you can't fake being one of the best athletes in the world in your sport if you aren't. But you can embrace what you're really good at or what you're really passionate about and then use that. I love, Tim, you know, you and I know each other personally. I love to communicate. I love relationships. I love to, to talk. I love to listen. And I think that one of the things that helps me is that because of social media, that gives me the ultimate platform. But I'm never going to go outside of what I'm comfortable and confident in talking about again, because we come right back to it. If you hire me to be a motivational speaker, but trust communication and confidence, it's just not going to be real and it's going to be fake. So stay within, you know, what you do. Don't try to be someone or some, something you're not. Don't try to copy people. You can emulate them. If you say, Hey, you know, just like if you're coaching an athlete, Hey, you know what? I think I can run that fast or I move like that or I'm built like that. You know, pick that, right? pick out some certain and then try to make your strengths stronger and, uh, you know, make, I don't like to say weaknesses, but make the things maybe you're not so comfortable and confident at, you know, try to get better at them and always focus. But, uh, you know, to, to sum it up, I would definitely say take what you embrace it and then communicate that the best you can. You mentioned social media and it's, it's a, a blessing and a curse in many instances because as, as somebody trying to build their business, you need to be on social media. You need to be visible and accessing people you wouldn't otherwise be able to access where you live. Flip side, you're always on social media. You're always having to do that work and stay quote unquote relevant. Is it hard? Is it hard to shut down when each and every day, if you're not working, you're not, you're not earning 
to some extent in that respect where you just go, you know what? I don't, I, I need to take a break. I don't need to be on social media. I don't have to do anything this weekend. Um, and I'll pick it up on Monday. How do you, how do you turn it off when you need to be on as much as possible? It, it, unfortunately it never turns off. Uh, my brain specifically certainly doesn't shut off. And I could tell you that, you know, you do, you almost feel, you know, if I'm not on this and I'm not doing something, I'm not being productive. But that's not true because a lot of times, you know, I'm planning and strategizing different things that need to be done. But yeah, in, in our line of work, you know, I definitely need to stay active. Uh, but you also need to be efficient, right? I can't throw out just nonsense all the time uh, of things that aren't relevant to what I may be trying to build in my business or my brand. And, you know, but then there's times I just want to have fun. But for that reason, to your point too, you know, I now have a personal Instagram account versus a, you know, brand specific media account. I have a personal Facebook and I have my athlete Facebook. So, you know, it, it is, it doesn't shut off. I think, you know, again, we're all wired differently. And I feel that, but timing is important too with social media, uh, when, where, what, and I am no expert at that by any means. Um, I just tell you that, you know, I test the waters, I practice, I try, I see what works, what doesn't. And then I, I make note of that. And then I try to attack that and get better at that. All right. Last question for me. And if anybody has a question in the chat box, feel, feel free to ask away. Looking at, I actually have two questions. The, the, mm -hmm. I always ask a question at the end. So, um, looking at, at racquetball and looking at professionalism in racquetball, this is something we've talked about a lot. Where do you see racquetball athletes need to improve in order to be more successful on the court and off the court? I mean, you, you led the question with the word professionalism. They have to be more professional. You need to be. And when I say that, you know, it's kind of a loaded question. But as a professional, if you're doing it, it's your career. Everything you do is going to matter. Every detail matters. You know, how you look, how you act, how you speak. When you walk into a racquetball club or you walk into an interview, you're a professional. Make sure people know that there's something different about you. You're better. Or not that you're worse, but be professional. Handle yourself as a professional. Um, you know, it, it is difficult today. Like you said, it's a blessing and a curse, right? With social media. What does that do? Sometimes that shows a lot of people how unprofessional people can be. And right. athletes, and, and not only that, you know, you know, doctor, you know, you know, and, and you have to be careful what you put out there. I mean, hey, right. if you and I are out just having dinner and, and you and I want to have a beer, that may be frowned upon. But as a professional, you Hey, I post that picture, and that's okay. You know, you you have to do everything in your power to be as professional as you can be. And if you don't know what that means, then seek out advice and counsel from people that you see treat it like a pro. So when I say treat it like a pro, you know, if you're trying to have a career in in then you know how you act, what you wear, your friends, the things you say, how you train, and yes, your results matter. People watch that. And the more professional you are, the more you'll be treated like a professional, which means you're going to be compensated as a professional. So yeah. put it on you. Be responsible to you. Don't point fingers at organizations or coaches. It's not the coach's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's not the ref's fault. 
figure it out. Figure out who you are and how to maximize yourself on and off the court. If that's what you really want, right? That's We talked about that. If that's yes. what you really want. Right. 100%. 100%. And, and a, a lot of athletes make a very good career by, by being a very good pro without being the very best. And, sure. and it comes down to, to their motivation as well. Last question then, when, when thinking about coaches, because a lot of people who watch this tend to be coaches or, or want to become coaches, your experiences both as an athlete and as a coach now, what advice would you give them as they start out or progress through their career? Keep it real. I know that's cliche, I'm sorry, but keep <laughs> it as real as possible. Because even your athlete knows if you tell them they're going to be a champion or a world champion or the best or the fastest or the strongest, they know if you're lying. As soon as you lie to them, you lose them. The only way you're going to help them is keep it as real as possible. That doesn't mean you have to be mean. That doesn't, if you have to be, so be it. Again, depends on your audience, right? Know who your audience is know who you're speaking to. Don't be fake. Don't identify yourself as somebody that you're going to, you know, make into a champion or a winner. If you're there, helping them is keeping it real, right? If they're the, you know, uh, maybe, maybe they don't work as hard as some of the other athletes. Well then tell them that, you know, let them know it because then you're doing everything in your power also to make sure that, Hey, I, I laid it all up. You know, I, I, them what I thought and what I believed. And oh, by the way, you know why I'm telling you? Not because I'm better, probably because I messed up more than you. And because I was you at some point, because I thought I was unstoppable. I was the smartest. I was the fastest. Guess what? I wasn't. You know, I did have an athlete in Ecuador. I love this, Tim. He, you know, he first had him, he was uh, 15 years old, you know, and he's the popular one and he's athletic. And But his results don't say anything. And, you know, a few weeks and a couple of months go by and we establish a relationship and I know he can be better. And I pull him aside in Spanish. I said, well, no, I think it was English. I said, you're just not that cool. You're not as good as you think you are. I said, you can be so much better. No, it's not cool when you curse. No, it's not cool when you bang your racket or it looks like you're not trying hard. From that day on, our flopped. And he became the best version, which wasn't the best on the team, but of what he was capable of becoming. And again, you know, that's the advice. Keep it real. Figure out who you're talking to. Know your audience. Make sure that you have that trust, the communication and confidence, because it all ties together. And you're going to be able to help each other, too. And that would definitely be my number one piece of advice, for sure. Okay. If somebody does have a question they want to post to you after after the fact, maybe watching it on YouTube later, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, to Facebook, to my athlete page. It's, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm on it all too often. Uh, so is my team, my wife. We're always able to, you know, get questions and answers, and we're pretty responsive, I hope. And uh, definitely go right there. Check it out, follow, and you'll see, like, like how it doesn't shut off. <laughs> Well, for those of you on the podcast that go to Facebook and look for Racquetball Guy, Racquetball Guy, that's one word. Uh, Sudzi, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, of course, I hope others who watch in future have questions, uh, be sure to send them to him. A reminder, of course, that every week or almost every week, we have a special guest on this show. So be sure to subscribe, like, follow wherever you're watching. But on behalf of myself, Tim Bankers, Sudzi Magic, thanks so much for watching. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me.